everyone, this is Mark Guy again with another installment of SpeakBrave.co podcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm here with, in the studio with my good friend, John. Go ahead, John. Yes, hi, everybody. John Morrow. And Mark is also my very, very good and dear friend. And there's much that I've learned from Mark. I, I do want to say this, and a lot of people, you may not know this. Mark and I, actually, our relationship with each other as friends started with an acquaintance through Toastmasters International. He was a member of the Winter Haven Club in Winter Haven, Florida. I was a member of the Lakeland, Florida Toastmasters Club. And we met through basically visiting each other's clubs. That's right. And as to what caused us to connect with each other, the only thing I can say is that when I first heard Mark speak, I was impacted by not just the message, but also with a great lesson that Mark talked about when it has to do with mental discipline in helping to improve the quality of your life. And that message, if I remember, was about your smoking habit. Yes, yes, And you know, yes, to, to yes, first meet yeah. you, I would have never known that you were a smoker. But actually... It, yeah, the smoking was an addiction. In fact, smoking was my lover oh. that I just could not get away from. It is... Have you ever had a relationship where it goes up and down and sideways, in and out? Mm, well, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. The first woman I was ever engaged to, that was that was a roller coaster yeah. experience. That's what it felt like for me. Addiction to smoking, we break up, we make up. It was exhausting. It was exhausting mentally, physically, in every aspect of my life. I think... Now that I'm thinking back to those years that I've been smoking, John, is that I picked up the habit because I wanted to fit in. Mm-hmm. I think that's 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 how it was when yeah, I was growing. That's right. I wanted to fit in into the group of people that I met in Philadelphia, and I wanted to fit in and just be part of part of the group. When did you start smoking? Do you recall what age you were when you did? Were you a teenager? I was in twenties. You were in your 20s, okay. Yeah, my okay. 20s, yeah. Um, what was the highest level of packs of cigarettes that you would smoke on an average day when you were at the peak of your addiction? Oh, boy. As you know, with any addiction, and it, it starts slow. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have one cigarette a day, mm-hmm. maybe two cigarettes a day, maybe <coughs> three cigarettes Excuse a day. Me. And then quickly progresses. Sometimes life hits you up the head and you don't know which way is up. And in those moments, you reach for your fix. So at the peak of your fixing, yeah. how many cigarettes do you think you were oh, consuming or how many packs? Okay. Let's, let's keep let's say, let's how say, many packs do you think you were consuming in a day? Let's say there's 20 in a pack. Sometimes two packs a day. Oh, okay. That's 40 cigarettes, John. Now, I can relate Is to that, that because I had an aunt who smoked three packs a day. Three packs a, three day? Packs a day? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I That's couldn't insane. go into her house. I couldn't go into her place of business. It was like walking into literally the smoke-filled room. <laughs> it was. It, that's now, what it felt like. What was it that caused you to begin to question, why do I do this and how can I stop? Well, first of all, after a while... When I started waking up in the morning, I felt I was tired all the time. Mm-hmm. I felt that energy was drained out of me mm-hmm. every day, no matter what I did, how many cups of coffee I was drinking or what kind of food I was consuming. Every morning was the same story. 
I didn't want to wake up my eyes. I didn't want to open my eyes. I didn't want to get up. And I felt that smoking have contributed to it because smoking, it was it was a very soothing experience. But now I realize that it's high cost. It's excruciatingly high cost on your health. But isn't it true? And I, I don't mean to ask leading questions, but I think people need to hear this. Isn't it true, though, that there was an event that took place somewhere along this odyssey that caused you to begin to, to fear for your life? I fear for my life several times, yes. What was um, the one that probably you don't want to talk about? <laughs> because well, I... I was really taken by it because there are those moments in our life where something happens that is completely and totally out of the ordinary. And you say to yourself, I've never experienced this before and I don't like what I'm feeling. Well, the truth is, I feared for my life because I was just a man on a mission to smoke as many cigarettes as I possibly can shortest period of time and I think I was winning that war I was winning that contest with myself and now I realize that it's not a contest that is really irresponsible irresponsible way of thinking and there's a few times that I have almost felt that I'm going to have a heart attack Okay. almost going to have a heart attack luckily I survived a shortness of breath situation shortness of breath, wheezing it was just it was just uncomfortable feeling, tightness in the chest. It was it, it it was a scary moment, and however, even those scary moments did not deter me completely from the cigarette. You continued. To pick I them continued up. to pick them up. It appears that I was able to quit maybe for three months, and then and then I relapsed again. Okay. Then next I've time, heard that before. yeah. Next yeah. time I quit another six months, and then I relapsed. Let's say some trigger. Let's say you have a fight with your spouse, mm-hmm. or in my case, emotional, emotional or yeah. a fight with your uh, partner, your mate, and something triggers, and you're just driving down the road, and you turn up the music, and you have the cigarette on because you're processing the emotions of the fight. Mm-hmm. And where do you go when you are in a stressful situation? You, I, I went for the cigarette. So every time I quit smoking, three months, six months, nine months, every time I relapsed because of the trigger so this story of quitting is not an overnight or like a cold turkey success but rather for me personally it was a strategy I say okay Mark you know that there's triggers there's triggers in your life that will come it's not gonna come today tomorrow they will come something will happen and it's your responsibility to change your mind change the perspective think of something else think of someone else who would you rather be in their life if you remain and that's actually what helped me because I wanted to stay alive I want to jump in here yeah. because I want to make a point to the listeners here on the cast you're talking about cigarette smoking but we need to understand that addictions take on many forms cigarettes are just one of many many kinds and I want to say to those of you listening who are saying, okay, well, what difference does this make to me? I don't smoke. I never smoked or I quit smoking years ago. Think about it from this perspective. If you ever watch programs about people that have eating addictions, they too set out with the right idea to have a strategy to begin to control their eating, therefore lose weight, therefore make their lives healthier and better. 
The same thing can also be said about individuals who have some of the more pervasive and pernicious forms of addictions, such as sexual addiction, gambling addictions, and even to some degree certain kinds of pharmaceutical addictions. Understanding addiction takes so many forms, but at the end of the day an addiction is simply an obsession with something that becomes almost, at least in our minds, a necessity. We can't survive without it. We've got to have it. And when we are stressed and in difficult situations, we find for some strange reason that this is the thing that will embrace us and make us yeah. feel better. And right. you said it was like you were having a love affair with those cigarettes. So it, it was a love affair because I felt that no matter what I did, no matter how I felt, there was always this call, this beckon mm-hmm. of the cigarette saying, Mark, Mark, let's have another one. And I just, I just couldn't resist. It, it was, it was a dance. It was. Uh-huh. I, I felt like there was a moment in my life. I tried many different things. I tried quitline, the nicotine patches, the sugar gums. Uh-huh. I even started making bets with people at work with monetary reward, saying, "Okay, who can go without cigarettes for one day? Who can go without cigarettes for two days?" And guess what? I lost every time. And was there money involved in it? There was money involved in it. So you were losing money not only the cigarette habit, but you were losing money in the bets. It's true. I also <laughs> want to point out, there was a story that my, my boss and I went to see a special person. Mm-hmm. I call this is a story I've heard, and I love oh, it. I if the people hear this, I think they're going to laugh. <laughs> the story that we went to see a smoke whisperer. Smoke whisperer. Think about that for just a second, folks. We know about, you know, the dog whisperer. And I've even heard of the other night I made a joke with Kevin Gills at a meeting where Kevin said, you know, I'm the spreadsheet whisperer. That's right. That's right. That was, that was hilarious. I think smoke whisperer. whisperer is just another level of expertise. It's just something that is outside of my realm. I know he charged three hundred dollars per session. Three hundred. Three hundred dollars per session. I never. I will never forget this day. We went to see the smoke whisperer. It was early morning ride, two-hour drive to see him. You were going from Philadelphia to, to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York. Correct. We arrived in the two-bedroom apartment on the outskirts of town to see the smoke whisperer. Oh wow! Okay. Right. Okay. After we paid. This session started. My boss went first. It was my turn. As I came in the little room, the smoke whisperer appeared in the doorway. He slowly walked to me, started to wave his hands in the air, then leaned uncomfortably close to my face and whispered in a sharp and raspy voice, Smoking is bad. And then quickly disappeared, never to be seen again. I would love to get $300 just to raspy say something. That took five seconds, maybe? Well, I mean, five. it felt like five seconds. Maybe, Let me maybe, try this. Maybe, maybe. Mark, Mark, get close. <laughs> Smoking is bad. Okay. I, I still have traumatic experience <laughs> from that. The, I think as, the people, though, will appreciate it. As, we as we were driving home, thinking over the experience... Silence in the car was deafening. 
I just couldn't believe. Where did my $300 go? But then reality, that's right. Yeah. All I really wanted I'm making was... making the sign of a bird flying away. <laughs> I just wanted to get home and start smoking again. What happened that got you on the right track? What logical, uh, conscious thought process, the use of emotional intelligence, which you often talk about, what was the thing that you began to think about, calculate, and consider that helped you to begin to wrap your mind and body and heart around this problem and deal with it? There comes a point in your life, uh, no matter what is your addiction or behavior that you have, and I believe, for me, it was the enough is enough moment. Mm -hmm. And you decide, this is it. I will never go back there again. I will never reach for another cigarette. Mm -hmm. And for me, I look back on all my experiences and said to myself, Mark, you have failed so many times. Every time you tried to quit, you failed. Every time you think you have finally overcame the addiction, I was running back. Three months later, six months later, nine months later, a year later, it was a losing battle. Mm -hmm. So I decided, okay, what I'm going to do now, I'm not going to look in the future. I don't know how much, what is, where am I going to be a year from now. I decided, okay, this time, I'm only going to have very short markers every day. So let's say I wake up in the morning, I get my coffee, and normally there was a coffee and a cigarette type mix, which I could not break. So I said, okay, let's just see if I can make it through the morning without cigarette. Mm -hmm. Okay? Check mark. Done. Let's see next if I can make it without cigarettes by noon. Okay. Good. Another check mark. Let's see if I can make it without cigarettes by 6 p.m. And that's where it was. It was a struggle. And I broke my day in three markers, sometimes four. Let's see if I can go without cigarettes until 12 midnight. And that's what I did. I didn't look beyond three days or five days. It was just one day at a time. I like that. One day at a time. One day at a time. And not just one day, but actually I have different segments in a day. Nine o'clock in the morning, noon, 6 p.m. Kind of like putting one foot in front of the other. That's one right. One foot in front of the other. And at the end of the first day, I said, okay, I've done one day without cigarettes. Let's do one more day. Let's just do one more day. And I had this pep talk in my head. Mm -hmm. Let's just do one more day. At the end of the second day, I say, okay, I just did two days. Let's do one more day. At the end of three days, let's do one more day. At the end of the four, one more day. And I've been smoke-free for more than six years. Now, I want to ask you this because I think, too, that there are certain motivators. There was a financial motivator involved here, too, and I think that people would be interested in knowing the statistical analysis that you did of the cost of your addiction in terms of dollars. Yes, that is, that, that is a valid point to say, and I do want to comment on that, John. Um, if, on average, I was smoking two packs a day, mm -hmm. let's say each pack costs $7, this okay. tax, okay? If you take two packs a day, $7 a pack, seven years, and on, on average was, was um, breaks in smoking, that total cash investment just for the cigarette packs was $35,675. $35,675. It went up in smoke. It went up in this, in flames. <laughs> it's $35,675. If I had any brains at all, 
could have bought myself a new car. Or take that money and invest it in Philip Morris International and receive <laughs> dividends or whatever the uh, maker of the cigarettes was. was you know, well, Philip Morris was a maker of cigarettes and as was uh, Winston and a lot of other people's yeah. uh, rentals. Yeah. And that's not including the cost of dry cleaning. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not, not including the cost of health. Yes. Health bills and uh, dental. Mm-hmm. All of those. And, and also, your car is like a train. Like the cart of the train that is smoke-filled going down the highway into the heart of your darkness. And that's how I felt. Every day, I was, I was like a smoke machine. Smoke machine going down the highway. It was an experience. I will never experience that again, hopefully, God willing. But And you say now that five years, uh, almost going six. on six. Yeah, six years. Mm. More than six years. Yeah. Now, let's get something straight. You haven't smoked in almost six years, but does that mean that you are free of the addiction? This is the time for people to understand this is not just a snap your fingers, it's over, I'll never go back situation. Do you still, from time to time, get a whiff of cigarette smoke and think, oh, I miss that feeling? What I believe, John, is this. About a year into into my latest, into this crusade to stop smoking, about 11 months after I quit, there was a moment in my life that I wanted to reach for the cigarettes. I wanted to discount all those months and days and nights and all the pain and all the withdrawal that I had to go through. Yeah. And I wanted to reach for cigarettes. And I almost did. However, at that point in time, I think maybe it was divine intervention. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, it, 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 I looked within myself and said, you know what, I did it for 11 months. Let's just do one more day. Just one more day. Mm-hmm. And that urge passed. But there was a moment when I almost reached for that. There was a moment of weakness. And actually it was brought on by stress. By stress that I just could not handle at that time. It was around the holidays. And I got some news that were not favorable. However, now when I am in the front or in the, at the company of somebody who smokes, actually that scent it's actually repels me I cannot stand it that's amazing I cannot stand it I cannot stand it because I I, I've heard of people who quit and who actually found the entire process to be repugnant and I think to myself that's an amazing physical transformation but for you it was first the process of emotional mental and physical discipline followed by a literal detaching yourself from the affection that you once had for it and finding it to be now repulsive. A lot of people seek to do that. I'd like to ask if maybe we can revisit this topic just a little bit more and dig a little bit deeper because we're running out of time today. But I want to come back to it in our next podcast if that's okay with you. Yes, yes. I I would like to... um, There's a lot more that we can talk about. Willpower. Mm -hmm. Self-control. What does it mean? Do we have it? Can we get more of it? Mm-hmm. How do we 
make it stronger? Is there exercises? Is there an environment that we can create that will actually make us able to master our self-control and willpower? Is that a myth? And I think with the science and dedicated researchers, we can learn more about it and make my own decisions. So thank you, John, for this wonderful session again. And I will see you next time at speakbrave.co. And this is John Morrow saying thank you for joining us. And this concludes our podcast today. Look forward to hearing from you again and hearing from us next week. Thanks.